Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, and a very pleasant good Saturday afternoon to you. Harry Alexander with you here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It had Bunker de France is here. Yep. And Todd Roberts is here by phone in uh, Los Angeles. Howdy. And our special guest. And our special. Hello. And our special. Hello. Yes, there Hello, you are. Tex Tob. <laughs> and our, our special guest is Russell True, running who runs the uh, White Stallion Ranch. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about rodeo today. And the reason we've got Russell here is because we were out at the ranch, the White Stallion, uh, last week, I guess. Wednesday. And uh, before we got deluged on our broadcast uh, last week. And... Uh, we were doing some filming of the, the mini rodeo that, uh, they have over there for the guests and the explanations that Russell was coming up with on all, how all this all worked is, was fantastic. And so right then and there, we decided this week's yeah. show is going to be on rodeo. Yeah, and it's near, near, I was listening to him and I said, yo, Harry, we got to have him on the show and talk about rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> Heck with everything else. And so. Well, thank you. That's why you're here. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons we like you too. Glad to be. <laughs> Well, I've got a couple of announcements. You want to do it? Uh, you got something else? I, got, I got the most important announcement. Today oh, yeah. is uh, the anniversary of uh, D-Day. Yes. And uh, I don't care what anybody says, that is the day that the world changed. Hey, you know what? You, you, now you mentioned that. We talk, We were talking about the pandemic just before we came on the air. And, you know, the chaos and the carnage. It doesn't even begin to compare those few days there on the, on Omaha Beach. Oh, not even. <laughs> not even, yeah. Well, what else you got to say? Uh, just happy to be here. Well, I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Are you happy, Russell? I'm happy if you guys are. Are you happy, Todd? <laughs> I, I'm I'm beyond happy. And oh, you're in I the bottle, huh? You guys are completely... Uh, uh, are going to be eternally jealous when you see the photos yeah. of where I'm sitting. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sitting in a uh, a, a bar that is of course. Uh, um, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a little four stool bar. There's three tables, and I'm sitting amongst uh, all of the major Bowie knives from all the major films that ever had a Bowie knife in them. Wow. I'm sitting uh, to behind me is on one shoulder is John Wayne's tunic from uh, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon and his Medal of Valor in the film. And to my left is his shirt and hat from Rio Bravo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have John Wayne full life size as Daniel Boone in uh, the Alamo. Buckskin, uh, David Crockett, uh, the whole outfit with the Kentucky rifle, the knife, the coonskin cap, the flag, everything. All right. Now, Um, tell us why you are at this particular place. I am at the famous Joe Musso's house. Uh, Joe has been in the movie industry for 56 years. He's been doing, um, you know, um, art direction and uh, consulting and costume. Uh, in major films all these years, he, you know, he worked on, uh, um, uh, well, he worked on Phantom of the Opera. He, he's, he's worked on the Alamo. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, Flag of Our Fathers by Clint Eastwood. Uh, he's been in the industry 56 years. There's wow. no slowing down, even though he's got a little bit of a health issue at this moment, but he's going to recover from it. And, um, he's just a boundless energy. And probably the greatest collection of movie Americana memorabilia, Western Americana, wow. Napoleon Waterloo America, uh, uh, memorabilia, Gunga Din period, uh, uh, British military wow. memorabilia, uh, Tarzan memorabilia. <laughs> Uh, I, it just goes on and on and on and on. Does I haven't he, even seen it all. I've only seen three rooms of the house. Does he have any hobbies? <laughs> Does he, oh, yeah. Bunker wants to know, Joe, if you have any hobbies. <laughs> yes. His favorite hobby, he's practicing right now as we speak. 
He's drinking beer and eating pretzels. There you go. Oh, that's great. Perfect. Well, you know, I hope that he I hope that he frisks you before you leave. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bunker, there's no reason to get personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, on this uh, other note here, uh, note that uh, y'all, uh, your governor, uh, Newsom, there in Cal- California, says that uh, film and uh, television production can restart on June 12, according to The Hollywood Reporter. So That's what Entertainment Tonight says. Uh, so it uh, must be true, then. It <laughs> must be true. <laughs> All right, let's get on to uh, Rodeo. Okay, uh, I got you. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go That's ahead. That's all right. Uh, first of all, I just want to kind of recap some of the, the past week, because on the 4th of, of uh, June was the anniversary of the Battle of Midway beginning, which is a big thing. Today is National Trails Day, and the 5th, that which was Thursday, I believe, or Friday, yesterday, was Monty Hale's uh, birthday, who was a great, great, great friend and a... Just an important man in film. Now, as for the announcements, I want to remind everybody of the 11th Annual Chandler Chuck Wagon Cook-Off at the Tumbleweed Ranch at Tumbleweed Park. Uh, And that is up on 2250 South McQueen Road. Uh, It starts at noon Saturday, 11th, uh, the 11th, what am I rambling here, rambling, to the 14th. Uh, anyhow, that's one. I want to mention a couple of rodeos in, in keeping with today because I think these are special rodeos for Arizona. The 24th of July uh, through the 26th is the Arizona Cow Punchers Reunion Rodeo. It's a working ranch family uh, competition in ranch rodeo events. It's at Williams, Arizona at the Williams Rodeo Grounds. Price of admission is $5, which is what that's the best bargain you're going to get. Uh, that's 750 Airport Road. Performances at 1 to 3 each day. The website, if you want to check it out, is ArizonaCowPunchers.com. Uh, the email is cowpunchers at outlet, outlook.com. The events, which I think this is what's so neat about you know, family ranch rodeo, wild horse race, wild cow milking, cowboy bronc riding, Ribbon roping, uh, team roping. The other rodeo I want to mention, and I think it's kind of timely in a way. This is September 5th. It's Arizona Black Rodeo at Scottsdale, Westworld at, in Scottsdale, 16601 North Pima Road. There's two shows, 1 and 7 p.m. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, price $8. See, rodeo is a bargain. Yes, it is. When it's good rodeo. And uh, again, that's uh, the website is www.arizonablackrodeo.com. The phone number is area 623 282 1555. Email is info at arizonablackrodeo.com. The events is bull riding, tie down roping, steer wrestling, steer undecorating, <laughs> ladies barrel racing, relay laces. And I, you know, at that at, uh, steer at undecorating, the one of my favorite events is at the Silver Spur Rodeo in Yuma. Where they put a watch on a Brahma, and they turn loose every cowboy that wants to try to get it off. And it's a nice watch. <laughs> Anyhow, that's that's all of my my blather. And now we can let we can let Russell kind of bring right. us off here. Well, the uh, the the, the Word rodeo, it's a, it's a Spanish word meaning roundup. Rodejo. Rodejo. Roundup, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the most accurate. It, it also was sometimes used to describe the fiesta at the end of the roundup. Mm-hmm. Go round. But really more about the roundup than anything else. And, of course, it was called rodeo, not Rodeo. What the ro- rodeo as we know it, um, st- what eighteen uh, mid eighteen eighties uh, w- or eighteen sixties when things got going? Sixteen uh, hundreds. Well, I said m- the rodeo well, as we, we know, know it. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, in the eighteen sixties. But yeah, it did happen uh, way back in Europe, right? Spain, right? But, but the first time that. That rodeo really was mentioned in in the U.S. was eight, 
1854 in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, the oldest continually held rodeo is right here in Arizona, Prescott Frontier Days. Right. And, and Prescott, of course, argues with Payson because Payson has an older rodeo, but it wasn't continual. So yeah. <laughs> but one way or the other, Arizona got the title. It's got the title. I was just going to say that uh, if I could... Uh, run a quiz of what is the oldest rodeo in Arizona and it's it's pacing um and you're right it's not continuous but it does have something else it has the best fried chicken <laughs> you might have ever had in your life it's right there off the beeline coming out of coming out of phoenix the beeline runs northeast you hit a, a highway you can go straight or you can take a left there there's a log cabin restaurant that has fried chicken it's only about five miles before the town of Payson. <laughs> I've never tried to ride a fried chicken. How do you how do you ride a fried chicken? Uh, well, you try. You you want to make sure you have uh, uh, oven mitts on. <laughs> First of all, Bunker, and second of all, um, you have to have a, a, your your alcohol level in your body has to be equal to that of way past your intelligence level. And that's why I rode oh, a bull. That'd rode, be about a half an ounce. Well, see, that's why I rode a bull twice, because of that alcohol content. So there you, <laughs> you, go. you didn't get it right the first time, so you win. Exactly. I didn't get it right. I needed, would, needed a shot. I, I'd love to. I proposed this question. I thought about it a lot. Uh, I think rodeo is the, from uh, that I've been able to, to discern, is the only sport that I can think of that came out of uh, real life. Mm-hmm. In other words, it wasn't created like basketball, football, baseball. Mm-hmm. It came out of working cowboys who basically started doing it for bragging rights. And that's where it started, and that's where it grew into something completely different. Well, I hate to be real nerdy, but if you actually go back to a little event called the Olympics, that was all based on war, and it came out of, you know, in a sense, mm-hmm. a, work, a working man's sure. sport. Yeah. Well, the javelin, absolutely, and then the wrestling, of course. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, and then, of course, the the marathon was uh, uh, when the when the the runner was sent to lay. Uh, to run the message of of they had defeated the adversaries. So you're right, running. Gunker, I apologize. <laughs> but in this country, at least, that's well, the case. Now, it's Russell, it, as far as your family's concerned, your, your family's been involved in rodeo since you were knee-high to a grasshopper, right? So our family came to the ranch when our parents were tired of snow and cold in denver and they bought a dude ranch which they had no business my mother knew that at the time they had no business <laughs> buying it but my dad was hell bent so they buy it and and so we we get to grow up there and of course we were the great beneficiaries yeah. so i've been there since i was 5 my brother was actually born in the interim between when we bought it and when we moved there how old were you when you put on your first horse? Well, I was five when I yeah. was put on my first horse because that's when we got there. And, yeah. and so I've been on there ever since. But my parents weren't really cowboys, and my mother surely wasn't. And my dad was more of an outdoorsman from mm-hmm. Montana, Wyoming. And so they they were a little worried about all this Wild West rodeo stuff. And our head wrangler at the time that they inherited was Harold Frizzell, and he's out there teaching his little son Jeff and and they're watching sort of all the the challenges watching this little boy on this big horse and it was not that big a horse a little strawberry roan named Dusty and oh. and so I had to talk long and hard to get them to let me do it I was 12 I was a little kid too I mean I was small physically so I didn't get to to really start roping in our little ranch rodeo till I was 12 and my brother was five and a half years younger than me, so he he got the advantages most younger brothers do. So he's out there at six or seven. He's oh, in yeah. the state finals at eight. And and we're going to rodeos and gym cannas and little four H this is and that's mm-hmm. from from that point on and then he became a PRCA serious competitor and bulldogger yeah. and, and team roper and so he's been one ever since. Of course now I'm fifty nine and 
and I guess he's 54, and he still wants to go out there and bulldog oh, the yeah. 20-year-olds. Oh, yeah. That's one thing, especially rodeo cowboys. They they never seem to want to stop rodeoing. I mean, you know, I had a good friend, Ross Loney, who was a saddle bronc rider, rookie saddle bronc rider of the year in 62. And Ross, you know, he'd, he'd go a couple years without, you know, and then he'd go, I want to get on a bronc. And, but, and he was still a good bronc rider, but he's competing with guys half his age and that are going every week, you know, and so it's, but he just, that fire just wouldn't go out. It's yeah, a, well, it's a go ahead, Todd. My good friend here, Dan Galliasso, who was staying with me and is now staying with our good friend Joe uh, Russo, and Dan was a bulldog. So I'll put bull rider, bull rider. So I have to ask the question to him, Dan. We're in the middle of the show here talking about rodeoing, and why did you stop? <laughs> hey, once you get past your mid twenties. It doesn't feel so good getting bounced around. Yeah, he says that once you get past your mid-20s, you don't feel good anymore. <laughs> You're getting bounced around and your head kicked in. So, obviously, youth has a lot to do with it. Well, it's a physically demanding sport as well. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying... I, I, the occupation is... The, the occupation itself is, is pretty doggone serious, too. But, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to ride a bull twice. One, one ton. No, twice. I did it yeah. twice. And I stayed on the second time. I stayed on the full eight seconds, um, which I don't know how or why, but I did. And super I, glue. I must have been. I came up, came away from that thinking, "Wow, no, I don't think I want to do that anymore." <laughs> but I mean, it is so doggone demanding physically as well. Well, well mentally, it's also life threatening. Well, yeah. Race car drivers and rodeo uh, athletes are the two main most dangerous jobs in all of sports. Yeah. Well, what a what a job! Yeah. Well, we got to do our first commercial break here. We are talking with Russell True from the White Stallion Ranch, and except uh, we're not letting him talk very much. Well, we're going to do that. Okay. Uh, we're talking rodeo. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. Bunker DeFrance is across from me, and I'm Harry Alexander. We'll be back with much more right after these important messages. Stay tuned. The land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans 
to find out how you can help. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Read classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net I want to hear the wind blow over my campfire Brushing the smoke away Rolled in my blanket there by the campfire Waiting the break of day Now one of these days we're going to do a, a show devoted only to the music of the West Because I just love that stuff <laughs> the, 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 the movie cowboy music, yeah <laughs> Johnny Bond and Ray Whitley and... Uh, Oh, God, great the, stuff. The sons of the sons of the sons of the, the pioneers, pioneers. The grandsons of the pioneers. Uh, Harry Alexander with you and Bunker de France and Todd Roberts. This is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It is uh, Saturday, the first uh, Saturday of June, June the 6th, D-Day anniversary. And uh, our guest in studio is Russell True, who's the owner of the White Stallion Ranch um, here in Tucson, just north of town. Beautiful place up there. Um, Dude Ranch, they are... One of our sponsors, and we are proud to have them as a sponsor. And you bet uh, you red road. we're talking, uh, we're talking rodeo. Rodeo. Now, now, Russell, you haven't allowed them to take advantage of you in any way, have you? You, <laughs> they haven't gotten, you know, big dinners or no. Every chance we get, presidential <laughs> rooms or or you know, buckets of guacamole or anything. <laughs> Ooh, I like the way you're thinking there. We right. just lock the beer cooler yeah. and it's okay. He, he okay. keeps us away from all that stuff. <laughs> Until By the way, when I come out, you can be as hospitable as you like. <laughs> three of us. Yeah. But well, when there's only two, it's a little... Little one side. Well, yeah. We can get into it, but it has to be after the show. It can't be during the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, uh, what, did you participate in rodeo at all, Russell? So I never did the. Just as a kid, you know. So I'd go to the local amateur stuff, and and uh, my, I was only a team roper, mm-hmm. tie down roped as a kid. Called it calf roping back did then. Did they have little beaver rodeo out here like they did in New Mexico? I don't think they called it that. Probably <laughs> I think they called did, it little britches or junior little britches. Yeah, that was the first yeah. one. Was in uh, in uh, I think Carrizosa, yeah. either Carrizosa or Capitan, yeah. over by home. So we did more of that. My brother went all in yeah. PRCA, and you know, here's a five ten, hundred and eighty pound guy. He's out there bulldogging against these <laughs> six two, two sixty oh, yeah. guys and linebackers and, and yeah, linemen. And, yeah, you know, he had to he had to have the right technique and yeah. a good horse, and and he he did really really well. I mean, our business keeps us busy, yeah. So he could get to just so many rodeos, but yeah. You know, I mean, as everybody who knows rodeo, PRCA is the big leagues. Yeah, and, and if you're going to compete and win in the big leagues, you know, it's we were talking about it before the break. You, know, yeah. you need to be, you know, it's not any different than the NFL. I mean, if sure. you're in your late 30s, you're old. And unless you're a team roper, yeah. you know, team ropers can kind of get away with it a little longer. And they're, it's more riding and, and the rope skills. And so those guys, are, you know, it's been world champions in their 60s. And then you get phenomenals like uh, Rickles Brown. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, well, in Arizona, you know, Jake Barnes and Clay yeah. O'Brien Cooper and now all you, kinds of guys. You were you were talking during the demonstration uh, at the ranch about uh, the ladies and, and roping. Your wife, uh, she, she was a roper? She is a roper. Okay. And and she, she was roping out there. She was. Yeah. 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 Pretty doggone good. I, I, for what I know about it, right? No, no, she's good. My my brother's wife takes it a little more seriously, and both our wives, you know, we we couldn't find anybody who wanted us in state. So his <laughs> his wife's Norwegian and mine's English. So we had to go international, and so they both have become rodeo competitors. My brother's wife, uh, she's been a state champion. She's qualified for for the national finals. All women's rodeo yeah. and breakaway 
two different times, senior world finals, top 15 in the world, 39 and older. So she got real serious and and real good. Yeah. And those breakaway ropers, they can do it a little yeah. longer. Talk about that, what, what, what that exactly is. So it's really just tie-down roping. You know, you're roping the same 300-pound calf and using the same rope. It just tied onto your horn with a little bit of string, and judge checks to make sure everything's right before you leave the box. And and the quicker they rope it, and the quicker their horse gets stopped, the faster that rope breaks, and the time stops and ticking the away. The flag comes down. Yeah, and and these women are winning in one six to two and a half seconds. Oh, that's good yeah. So they make, no, they make some of the some of the guys sit up and say, "I got to practice fa- faster, yeah. faster than yeah. hockey." Yeah, there's no margin for error there. Yeah. I, mean, I, gotta... I, I did play-by-play for uh, Hockey League in Germany, and oh, my God, <laughs> when you have names that are five miles long, you know, this is international hockey, so you've got Russian and Czech and Finnish, and h- how the hell do you pronounce half of these names? And you're trying to do a play-by-play, you just go with the number. Oh, number three, oh, it's icing, you know, or whatever. <laughs> well, well, think about this, though. In hockey, they get a second chance. In roping, they don't. With that, there. Yeah, most rodeos are one what, and done, right? What they call one headers, so it's one and done. And you know, their little joke as well when you lose, which you're going to lose I'll, more than you win, is thanks for donating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I that's why I decided not to be a bull rider because I realized I was a donator and not a winner. <laughs> but I want to share something with you that I think is kind of neat. When I got out of the Navy in '62, I come home to Rio Dosa, and of course, I want to know what's going on. I get the Rio Dosa paper it's twice a week, and it's the Wednesday paper, and it says Saturday, over in Carrizosa, there's a 10-head jerk-down competition between Sonny Wright and Sonny Davis. Now, if you know the, if you know New Mexico rodeo history, these guys they were you know they they were legends there. Maybe nowhere else in the world, but in New Mexico they were legends, and I, I went over there. That was my Welcome home. That was one of the greatest days of my life because you saw two guys going head to head on ten head, and this is the old style ranch roping where you you got you got a full grown steer going full bore. You you rope them, then you trip them, then you go down the line and you tie them all by yourself. There's no healer. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no hazer. It's just you and that steer. That is awesome. Yeah, people don't talk much about steer tripping. They're <laughs> kind of outlawed in a lot of states. I think it's only allowed in two. Actually, is one of them, and, and uh, it's it's pretty well gone. Have you ever seen jerk down roping? Oh sure. Isn't that, is that not awesome? <laughs> it is, but it, it's rugged. Yeah. I mean, it's but you know, I go back as a kid long enough to. When team roping was was tie down, mm-hmm. I mean they they were tie on. They their ropes were tied on, and and they'd run down and 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 tie mm-hmm. them. And and boy, they were fingers were flying everywhere, and <laughs> horses were getting over ropes, and anything went wrong, it went wrong big. That was another thing you talked about uh, during the demo: uh, loss of fingers, right, with ropers or beers. <laughs> yeah. So team ropers, that's their big risk, and you know anywhere you're. You see a guy with a cowboy hat and nine fingers. You know what he does for you know oh, what he does on the weekends. That reminds me again. I I hate to keep jumping in here, but uh, Friday I went over to the uh, library because I wanted to uh, just do some more research, and I come across the film uh, about. He got half an hour, so it took about 20 minutes of it. But it was Triple Threat Rodeo, Navajo Nation Rodeo, and it was the New Mexico Junior Barrel Bull Riding Association. So it was all these little Navi kids, you know. And, I mean, this is this is like mom-and-pop rodeo. There, you know, there's, there's no professional clowns out there. They're just big old tough Navajo guys up there. But the first event, and they, they this is how they do them. It's woolly riding, and it was wild. But I'll tell you, and then it was calf riding, and but on the calf riding, one of the kids got hung up in a way I never saw get getting hung up. He he bucked off, and somehow or another, the bull rope got got around his ankle, and it didn't come come off the bull like it's supposed to, and he's getting dragged pretty good. 
And one of them big old navy guys, he just jumped on that kid, grabbed that rope, and that cast pulling the both of them. But he's eating it for the kid. And sure. that's that to me, that's what rodeo is. Oh, I well, I mean, A, first of all, you, you go to see a rodeo, you're you're going to see people I mean, Trevor Brazil's won more money than anybody ever and <laughs> it isn't enough for all the travel and all the commitment that he's so they're there because they want to. Yeah. Even the guys who are making a real living, and most of them aren't. But my brother used to say the best, you know, he competed against a lot of guys. A lot of them are Navajos. And he would say some of the best cowboys are Indians. He said it's good their horses aren't as good as ours a yeah. lot of times. Or he said we would be losing a lot more to them. But he yeah. said sometimes our horses were just a little better. What do you, what do you look for uh, in your horse? Uh, obviously, it depends on the event, right? Sure. And, you know, anymore, I mean, they're they're almost universally going to be quarter horses yeah. because that's the combination of speed, agility, sure. and strength. But And horse, a cow sense. Right. And, you know, I mean, all you have to do is watch a two-year-old cutting horse that's never been oh, ridden and yeah. he's out cutting cattle, and, and that's just in his DNA. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff's gotten into their DNA. So, you know, certain strains race certain like strains barrel race sure they just they've got this innate ability that's come through breeding and and uh, heritage i guess but but the cow you know the cowy stuff that's mm. almost universal in the quarter horses but you know they're looking for the speed the you know speed's big it's a you know they're timed events so yeah, every tenth is hundreds of seconds yeah you know every tenth is is going to reduce your chance of hitting the pay window so they need speed, they need the strength, and but they really need that sound mind because if they don't have that sound mind, they're not mm-hmm. gonna, you know, think about a rodeo. They got the banners flapping and they got mm-hmm. people and distractions. A big rodeo, there's stuff all around, and mm-hmm. so those horses got back into those boxes and keep their focus. And, yeah, and so the mind is really critical. The barrel racing horses. They've got to get past the absolute 100% redundancy of barrel racing because it never changes. Yeah. Horses love to chase cows. They get real sick of running around three barrels. Why am I running around a can? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, those Coor cans, Coors cans get old. And, and <laughs> so those horses are the most expensive horses yeah. in rodeo because it takes speed, agility, and a, and a specific kind of mind. And you really got to manage those women who are barrel racing and succeeding. They're not just great horse women they're they're just really managing their horses and their trainers too yeah, most trainers. of them train their own horses we are talking rodeo uh here on Emil franzi's voices of the west our guest is russell true owner of the white stallion ranch here in tucson todd roberts is in los angeles bunker to france across the way i'm harry alexander we'll be back with much more right after these important messages here on Emil franzi's voices of the west for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. 
The Tucson Trap and Ski Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Ski Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movies Outs podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movies Outs podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubbs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movies Out podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movies Out. Until then, that's a wrap. Sir Manolito's in jail in Nogales. I had heard he was wanted there for several charges. My son does not do things in half measures. Sebastian, they're going to execute him. They have a firing wall set up. <sighs> I suppose I always knew he would end up like that. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France. Todd Roberts, our guest, is Russell True from the White Stallion Ranch here in town. We don't do things like that. Poor old Monolito. <laughs> Did you work that episode? Do you remember? I you don't really. God, I don't <laughs> Anyway, we are talking rodeo here uh, on the show. And, boy, I had something I wanted to talk about. Now it's well, completely I have, gone. Well, I have a let, question. let me, just, oh, let go me ahead. just contribute this for the second. Back to when you both guys, all three of you guys, were talking about um, rodeoing is really, you know, one shot and you're out. Um, between that and, Harry, you trying to call hockey games in, <laughs> in Europe with uh, long names that were unpronounceable, that really sounds like my dating life. So, uh um, <laughs> Long, and I just long want to name thank you check for reminding girls. me of it. <laughs> Anytime, pal. Yeah, the check yeah. girls. Yeah, he, he, get, he he's got on that internet chat yeah. thing. There. Oh, I know what I wanted yeah. to ask. We talked about during the break. We talked about uh, uh, old film footage of uh, rodeos, and we've seen stagecoach racing. And uh, you've never seen it, Russell, right? No, uh, no. So I've seen the chuck, wagon the chuck wagons in Canada, but. Uh, I'd love to see stagecoach racing come back. Well, we could, I don't out know why. Out but in Rolito. Just... They should have it in Rolito <laughs> Dow. Yeah. I mean, well, we're involved down there. We'll tell them. <laughs> yeah. Let's get yeah. some just, hey, it just looks. That, it just that, looks that, cool. That, that, a dangerous no, well, well, you know, I have to ask you, um, where would you rate uh, Casey Tibbs in, in the world of rodeo? Where Where does he fit? Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a long way from an expert on that. I so I defer to the folks that that know a lot more than me, and and they put him pretty high, if not at the very top. I mean, I'm I'm kind of lucky because I, I've gotten to know Larry Mahan. He used to sure. come to our ranch and bring groups, and and also Ty Murray. So I I got to know the two rough stock guys with probably the biggest name recognition. So also interesting. I ask our guests sometimes. 
who's heard of Larry Mahan and, and who's heard of Ty Murray? And, and I'd say two to one Larry Mahan. It's really interesting. His name got a lot wider recognition and probably because of that, that Oscar award winning American mm-hmm. cowboy documentary. But Casey Tibbs, well, uh, I think the people, also all the, the products, right. The clothing and all oh, that, sure. um, Mayhem, but boots. where would you also put in? Just let me throw this name out to you, Donnie Gay in bull riding. Well, I, you know, again, he's he's, you know, it's like talking Different about Julia serving and and uh, Jim Shoulders. Well, I mean, if you. Try yeah. and compare basketball greats in different eras. I yeah. think that's the exact point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, okay. some of these guys really were really transcended. And I, I think Larry Mahan, in a lot of ways, and Donnie Gay were were game changers. Hawkeye Hanson. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about Casey Tibbs, though, is, is to my knowledge, he was the only cowboy that was ever on the cover of Life magazine. And he, that being on the cover of Life was a tremendous shock in the arm for rodeo. And as popular as it was, it got it almost doubled in popularity at, right after that. You know, yeah. in the 40s, rodeo was the second biggest yeah. sport in America to baseball in terms of attendance. Uh, the <clears throat> Madison Square Garden, the, the rodeos, there. that was, <clears throat> at that time, that was the equivalent of the finals in Las Vegas is now. Well, That's how big it was. Weren't the Wild West shows uh, uh, kind of rodeo? Buffalo Bills uh, was the first, <clears throat> considered the first rodeo, but it was part of the overall show. Mm. Well... You know, they had some rodeo. Yeah, Buffalo Bill always. You know, he was he was consistent and adamant that that it wasn't a show. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't called that. He never called it. He he called it. In fact, there was a great story about where there was a fraudulent gun trying to be sold because it had the word "show" on it, and anybody who knew Buffalo Bill knew that wasn't the case because it was always Buffalo Bill's Wild West, and being the consummate promoter mm. he said this isn't a show i'm just bringing the wild west to you and it yeah. might be london or it might be new york but we just picked up the wild west right. put it on a train and brought it to you <laughs> yeah. and in fact he moved more men animals and equipment than any country had at the point he buffalo bill was really interesting i also ask our guests who's heard of buffalo who's never heard of buffalo bill rarely a yeah. hand goes up so mm-hmm. i mean he was dead in 1917 so I mean, it's pretty amazing what Buffalo Bill did. But his show was really bringing the Wild West, whether it was the Indians or the shooters or the riders. And, 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 and the, the artwork and the, the promotional stuff he had is, is still amazing. I've got an original poster sitting in my oh. living room just that I look at every single day of my life. Yeah. So I think, it, well, you, you know, what's that? You mentioned, you mentioned that he's the, the great promoter or the great showman. But I would also say he's the great, uh, he's the ultimate producer instead of a film producer, you know, mm-hmm. promoter putting it on because, you know, he was friends with Custer. And, uh, of course we know he scalped and he, he fought and killed Yellowhand and scalped him and said the first scalp for Custer supposedly is the cavalry ran past him. Uh, but at the same time, he befriends uh, Sitting Bull and brings him to the show, to the to the Wild West program, right. and uh, how he was able to negotiate that amongst his own, shall I say, uh, you know, inner inner morals is an interesting dilemma. I think. Well, I agree with you. I'm much more the producer than the promoter, and he was great at both. But you know, I saw it at his museum in Cody, and I thought it was such a great analogy because you know he won the congressional medal of honor and he was a civilian scout so they gave it to him and then they took it back away because he was not a, a military a military mm-hmm. and then posthumously gave it back to him but yeah. it, the analogy in the museum was it, it would be as if john wayne were fighting in world war ii took a break did a movie about world war ii went back to world war ii and then did a movie about it because mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill really did do this stuff that you were describing, and and then he would get, get the show put together. Yeah. Not the show. He'd get the Wild West put together, put it on a train, and go 
take it to wherever he took it. Well, he's the father, I think, to me, I think he's the father of modern show business, whether it's theater, uh, movies, wasn't radio, but, uh, but, you know, but the visual, he's the father of modern entertainment in that sense. That's the tipping point. You're absolutely right. 100%. And he also used real, the real people, real Mm -hmm. Indians, real cowpunchers. And real you know, cowboys as Cossacks yeah. and real cowboys is None of them were manufactured. Yeah. Uh, they were all real. And uh, unlike uh, in the film Lonnie Walsh, where he's, uh, he gets enticed to put on the uh, coat and he's going to take on this character and he's drinking whiskey with the guy and he says, so, you know, you're going to earn 50 bucks a week and you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to be famous. You're going to be Texas Jack, whatever. Right. And he goes, well, who's that? He goes, well, he's the guy, but he just died in a streetcar, <laughs> ran him over in Chicago. So we got to get somebody new, you know, and he looks at him and he goes, he starts taking the coat off and, and most guys would have taken the job, but money Walsh looks up and says, he's taking the coat off. And the guy looks at him and says, what are you doing, son? Where are you going? He goes, I ain't spitting on my life. Yeah. So, but most guys would have, and I think that that was the unique part of Buffalo Bill is those guys were all real and they knew how to do it. They had done it as he had. Well, getting back to uh, rodeo here for a second, um, what are the describe for us the three legal catches in in roping? You're talking about heading in team roping. Yeah. So it'd be a the the one you want is the horns because you have better leverage and it's less annoying to the animal and you're not taking away his oxygen so he's going to kind of float left like you want him to and then you can do the half head which is one horn over the nose and one horn stays out of the loop equally legal and then you can rope him around the neck and that there's no penalty for it other than the fact it'll probably slow you down a little. Mm-hmm. And again, when we're and your talking will, tense... And will tease you a little bit afterwards, too. What's that? Your buddies will tease you a little bit afterwards, too. Well, right up until they miss, and then you, yeah. you, know, then you get <laughs> That's even. That's the way it always is. <laughs> or he steps a front foot through it or something. But, you know, those are those are all legal. You're, you're really going for the horns. Yeah. We're talking rodeo here on this edition of Emil Francie's Voices of the West. We're going to do our final commercial break here. Russell True is our guest in studio. He's uh, the owner of the White Stallion Ranch in Tucson. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. Bunker DeFrance is across the hall, across the hall, across, across the, yeah. across the uh, table from me. <laughs> and I'm Harry Alexander. We'll be back with much more right after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 
Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Watch classic Western movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Old Bowlegged Jones, he looks like he's got rubber bones. His hair's always shaggy, his whiskers grow like moss. His clothes are always baggy, he's a total loss. Mother Nature must have made his legs to fit a horse. Oh, Bowlegged Jones. That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> kind of sounds like you, the description. Yeah, I know, huh? Yeah. Uh, welcome back to Emil Francis' Voices of the West. And uh, we are talking with Russell True. He's the owner of the White Stallion Ranch. And we're talking rodeo. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. Bunker to France here. Well, that's Texas Todd. Texas Todd. I love that. Well, that uh, good alliteration. I'm, I'm not just in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm in a... I'm in a private museum. Yes, you are. And uh, you guys can all be jealous. Well, I will be when you send me. Uh, did you send a photo to my phone I or to the email? A photo. No, to on your phone. One shoulder, the left shoulder has John Wayne's okay bib front shirt and hat from Rio Bravo. Okay. And my right shoulder has John Wayne's tunic from uh, She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. Okay. Well, I'm going to start, see if I can okay. find this. Well, while you're looking. While we during the break, we were talking, and uh, Russell brought up probably one of the most famous cowboys of the early days, uh, Bill Pickett. Right. I well, was just talking about him with Dan. Yeah, it's funny. Well, you know, Bill Pickett was a little bit famous as just a cowboy working on the 101 Ranch, and we were talking about Bill Cody and the Wild West show yeah the miller brothers wasn't a show that he did and and so the second biggest show that ever existed was the 101 show and it sure it it got started when bill pickett and there's a couple of different stories so i always tell the one i like and and that is that (laughs) that bill was just doing his cowboy job there at the ranch in oklahoma and this steer made him mad and of course they were longhorn steers at, at and it was right in 1900. And big steers. Big steers, big horns. And this steer was just not doing what they wanted, and he lost his temper, and 5'8", 145-pound Bill Pickett jumps off his horse and grabs those horns and throws him down, and he's still so mad he doesn't know where to put his anger, so he bites him in the nose, and the name Bulldogging got started right then, right yes. there. Miller Brothers, you know the yeah. story. They saw money. They saw Potential. So they created the Wild West Show. They starred Bill Pickett. He was the star until 1909 when he got hurt and went back to the ranch where he later died. But that show became the second biggest show. Yeah. And there were a lot of guys whose names we know. Tom Mix. Autry and mm-hmm. Will Rogers. Well, all yeah, shows. Buck Jones. Yeah, a lot of these guys. Luke Gibson did, uh, did some that work there, no, too. He, Gibson, uh, he, he was kind of like, Coming from the same trajectory as Yakima Canut, uh, he was a northern cowboy. Mm. Uh, he hit the big rodeos. He won uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And during the off time, because there's always the rodeo, there's always off time, he was friends with John Ford. And he would, right. and a lot of the cowboys back in that era, you know, in the wintertime, the big ranches up north would lay everybody off. Uh, some of those guys would head down to this part of the country and try to get on, but uh, for the most part, they just winter. Yeah. And a lot of them would go to Hollywood, Gower Gulch, because they knew they could, you know, they could pick up, and, you know, they could make as much money one day on a Western movie as they'd make in a week working on a ranch. 
because that minimum pay was five dollars. Uh, generally, it was like about thirty dollars a month. So if you break it down, they were, yeah. you know, they they making, but they're working more than one day a week. And but anyhow, uh, Hoot came out to California, uh, and he, he didn't come out to be in the movies. He just came out to kind of hang out, and uh, uh, Ford put him to a uh, roommate with uh, no, actually no, Harry Carey. Harry, he was here to visit with Harry Carey, mm-hmm. and Harry Carey said, "Look, I got a buddy of mine. He he's I'm, he's working for me, guy named Jack Ford." And he was roommate to John Ford for, and I guess I heard there was some pretty legendary drinking bouts went on, you know. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Whenever John Ford's involved, there's always legendary drinking. Well, <laughs> well there's there was the uh, the Gower Gulch is still there. Yeah. The that corner, it's on the corner of Gower and Sunset, and there's a strip mall there called the Gower Gulch, and it looks like a a a, a, a you know kind of tweaky. Little Wild West town, little you know, wood boardwalks and all that kind of stuff. They have a little, a little Doctor Doctor Snake Medicine Oil uh, wagon in the middle of it, and so on. What's the name and, of that coffee uh, shop down there? There's a great coffee shop we used to go down. I can't remember. Well, it's been replaced, Bunker. It's now oh. uh, it's now uh, a, a Denny's, but it used to be the Copper Penny. Hmm. Well, you know, I want to I want to mention something here because Russell was talking about his his wife and his sister in law, you know, as rodeos. Now, this is kind of an interesting little side story. It's possibly the first woman bulldogger was champion trick rider and brock rider Tilly Baldwin uh, in 1913. She was also a racer, but uh, you know, that's an interesting. That's a whole story. I've got several books on the women rodeo of the old days and we had here in tucson we had two of the greatest uh marge and alice greeno right yeah my dad grew up with their family in montana yeah and uh the whole course, family and yeah. i went to school with Turk and, with some of their their uh later generations but you know women so were a big part of book speaking of books there's a great book called the last round last roundup which is the story of the 19 19- 15 Pendleton Roundup where Bill Pickett Bill Pickett was champion and so was uh, the great Jackson Sundown who was the grand, uh, nephew of uh, the Nez Pierce chief uh, Chief Joseph Wow Wow Holy moly Well women were a big part of early rodeo I mean Prairie Rose Henderson yeah. went up to Cheyenne Frontier Days in 1901 and said I'm entering the bronc riding and they said no you're not and she said <laughs> show me where i can't because she was smarter than they were she researched and so there weren't a, there were no rules and so they were kind of stuck and they let her ride and she did well and the crowds loved it and oh yeah and so uh prairie rose anderson prairie lily fox wilson the greenos there were a lot of women that competed pretty evenly with the men early on and once yeah. the men left the ranches and really practiced, you know, just the physical differences made the competition a little less even. Maybe, maybe I can't remember her name, you might, but the thing that kind of put put the finishing touches on it was that one lady bronc rider that got killed. Yeah. And, no, they, and they used that as an excuse. It wasn't, it wasn't valid, but they was like, well, we got to protect the ladies. And these gals were as tough as the men. Bonnie know. McCarroll, is, is, she was... Killed in twenty nine, and and that was in women's rodeo. But these were these were these early women. There's a great photo. And it's in our meeting room, and there's a bunch of these girls with their big hats yeah. and they had dresses. Oh, on. the and, one where they're all lined up. Yeah, they're yeah. all lined oh, up. It's yeah. a famous photo, and and it's got several of the women I just mentioned, and they were competing with those men regularly. Wow, and they were flashy. Were they not wild? Some more than others. We are out of time, guys. Wow. Thank you so much, Russell, for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it very much. Awesome. Todd, thank you so much, and enjoy time at Joe's. uh, Thank you. And remind Dan Dan he's on uh, in two weeks to talk about custom. Two weeks. Dan is going to be on, and then uh, you and I will talk about Joe in the future. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, Well, text Todd. It was good having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, and, and Bunker, 
um, hands off anything of value there at the <laughs> branch. So keep your hands in your pockets. I, I keep a try and, good boy. I try and keep a watch on him. Yeah, he makes me wear okay. boxing gloves when I'm out there. <laughs> That's Perfect. all the time we got. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll talk to you again and next time. So long. 78, 79, 80 Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.